from the past. Please listen carefully. Coco. Welcome to the Coco Crew Podcast. A delicious adventure into the world of retro computing news and information. Featuring the Tandy Color Computer. Got your Coco 3 yet? Coco. Alright, welcome Coco Cruisers. This is uh, episode 95 of the Coco Crew Podcast. I'm uh, one of your hosts, uh, John Linville. I'm here with your other hosts. Uh, let's see, we've got uh, Neil Blanchard. Hello, Neil. Hello, John. Uh, we've got uh, Mike Rowan. Hello, Mike. Hello, Coco Cruisers. <laughs> and, of course, we have Mr. Boise Pete. Hello, Boise. I love Tandy. <laughs> I love Tandy. <laughs> Three of us, at least, are fresh off of uh, Coco Fest 2023, and so that puts uh, the next Coco Fest uh, roughly uh, a year away, maybe a little less or a little more than 12 months, because uh, I think they said they were going to move it back uh, uh, towards the May time frame next year. Let's see, but that still leaves the Tandy Assembly 2023 coming up in around five months or so. That should be a good event, exciting stuff. Would love to see uh, more Cocoa participation there as much as possible. So uh, if you're a Cocoa person and uh, maybe your project didn't quite make it for Cocoa Fest, we'd love to see it at Tandy Assembly. We'd even love for you to come and talk about it. I think that'd be pretty cool. I don't think any of us have any... um, Retro projects or cocoa projects in the works right now. Am I wrong? Anyone? You yeah. are correct. Yeah. Busy, busy. Busy, yeah. busy. busy. Same here. Busy. Still, still working on the, well, still waiting to get around to the Phoenix uh, 256 project, oh. which is 6009, but no, no updates. Sure. Yeah, it's kind of a, a busy time of year for other things, and you know, especially if you do your own taxes. <laughs> <laughs> How about any acquisitions? Anyone buy anything cool recently? Well, I did at Cocoa Fest. Oh, yeah? What'd you get? I got the uh, Pi Key for the MC-10. Oh, yeah? That's the Brendan Donahue project? Yep. Cool. Yeah, runs really nice. You can use a USB keyboard with that and um, joysticks. Yeah. Nice. That's a, that's a nice touch. Yeah. And it's kind of neat the way he's printed those enclosure extensions so that you can actually uh, fit the stuff inside the box and still have a uh, and still have a box. <laughs> that, that's right. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, that is really cool. Yeah, just checking here. I don't think that I've bought anything. <laughs> I always have to check just to be sure. <laughs> uh, no. Oh no, I did. Uh, I forgot. I got. Uh, well, I think it was originally, I think it was just documentation for the uh, the Deft Pascal workbench. Uh, nice. A manual or whatever. But then uh, the person found a, a, I think it may be a backup disc, but they sent me a disc to go with it. So uh, I've always enjoyed Pascal, uh, oddly enough, but I guess cool because I like computer languages in general. So uh, maybe I'll have a chance to play with that. Maybe see if I uh, do something cool with it. It's a pretty nice manual. It goes pretty deep into the uh, various uh, program parts, uh, the the compiler itself, and the editor, and the uh, assembler, and linker, and debugger, and li- librarian. So 
pretty nice package. Cool. Anyway. All right. Well, uh, that's probably enough for an introduction. So uh, there's your introduction for episode 95. So I think we'll take a little break and then uh, we'll be back with uh, some announcements and uh, the rest of the show. Save $100 on Magnavox monitors. Magnavox CM8505 RGB analog, only $198. Zenith 123A 12-inch green screen, just $67.50. Zenith 122A 12-inch amber screen, just $88. Stop by our showroom for other special deals on controllers, memory, disk drive, software, and more. Open 6 to 5 Monday through Friday, 10 to 3 Saturdays. Located at 1690 North Elston in Chicago, Illinois. Powered Medical all right coco cruisers welcome back now it's time for the announcements we are the coco crew podcast we are available on twitter with the twitter handle of at coco crew podcast at sign c-o-c-o-c-r-e-w-p-o-d-c-a-s-t so if you are prone to sending tweets you're not a Elon Musk hater or, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever else. If you're still open to Twitter, uh, then feel free to tweet at us, and uh, we may actually tweet back. We do have a, a Facebook page, or a group on Facebook for the podcast, and it's called The Coco Crew Podcast, four separate words. So come on, if you're a Facebook user, come on the group and, uh, you know, introduce yourself and... Uh, Maybe you chat with us or share your news items or, uh, you know, ask some questions. It's all welcome. Hope to see you there. Let's see. We are a podcast, so we are available. Um, of course, we're, we are available with our own RSS feed at org. So check out the webpage. I think you'll be able to find it. Uh, if not quite that DIY, we are listed uh, on Apple Podcasts and through Google Play. So that probably covers, uh, you know, about 98% of the audience, I would imagine. <laughs> and of course, uh, if you uh, aren't into downloading podcast episodes, just prefer to stream them, then we are available to be streamed um, through Spotify, which ultimately is our, our host for the show anyway. Uh, <laughs> Spotify, through Stitcher, and on TuneIn. And of course, uh, for quite some time, I've been taking the... Uh, audio podcasts and doing a, a running a conversion script on them to generate a video file and we upload to YouTube. We have a YouTube playlist available. The link is in the show notes, but you can uh, consume the podcast solely through YouTube. The only real advantage I know for that uh, is if you are possibly hearing impaired or maybe if uh, English is not your first language, then uh, you might enjoy YouTube's Ability to generate uh, subtitles <laughs> just seems to do a pretty good job with. Anyway, check it out. The Coco Group Podcast is a member of the Throwback Network, which is a list of retro-themed podcasts. So if uh, you are all caught up on the Coco Crew and looking for something else similar to listen to, we recommend uh, checking out the, the Throwback Network. Also, we are listed on the Game by Game Podcast Information Hub. Also a list of retro-themed podcasts. In this case, the themes are all restricted to uh, old computers and video games. (laughs) Check us out on uh, the Game by Game Podcast Information Hub. Audio for the uh, 
Kofuku Podcast is hosted by Anchor by Spotify, what's called Anchor.fm. We do thank them for their uh, support of the podcast. If you want to reach out via email to talk to the show hosts, all of the hosts will get email sent to show, S-H-O-W, at cococrew.org. That's at sign C-O-C-O-C-R-E-W dot O-R-G. Also, we have podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, at cococrew.org. And uh, feedback, F-E-E-D-B-A-C-K, at cococrew.org. And if for some reason you want to send email to just one of the hosts, then I'm available as John, J-O-H-N, at cococrew.org. Neil is available as Neil, N-E-I-L. Mike is available as Mike, M-I-K-E. And uh, Boise is available as Boise, B-O-I-S-Y. All those at cococrew.org. All right, that's pretty much our standard announcements. At this point, we uh, like to highlight some events that we know about coming up in the, in real life we think might be of interest to our, our listeners. Uh, coming up June 23rd through 25th of 2023, we have Boat Fest, a vintage computer exposition in Hurricane, West Virginia, June 23rd to the 25th, the Copper Room above Connolly's Irish Pub. <laughs> uh, let's see, Boat Fest, West Virginia's premier retro computing event is back, located in beautiful downtown Hurricane, West Virginia, the Copper Room above Connolly's Irish Pub. Over 20 vintage computers and consoles, including Atari, Apple, Commodore, Nintendo, and Sega, will be set up for your enjoyment, as well as trivia contests, high-score competitions, and more. Because of capacity, a limited number of tickets are available, so be sure to get yours early and come enjoy a weekend of reliving our childhood memories with vintage computer enthusiasts from around the world. So there you go. Coming up at the end of June, Hurricane West Virginia. Sounds like a cool event, so you may want to check it out. The that same weekend, June 23rd, 25th, 2023, we have Vintage Computer Festival Southwest. So this is one that has existed in the past, at least briefly, and has uh, was dormant for a while, but is now back this year. VCF returns to Texas. VCF is back in Texas after a 10-year hiatus. Get ready for an unforgettable weekend with many things to do and explore, including dozens of exhibitor booths, talks and panels with industry veterans, classroom sessions, live auction. Visit the pages uh, to the left <laughs> on the webpage here and uh, the show calendar to see what it's all about. So uh, sounds like a cool event. Uh, I think Boise went to the earlier ones 10 years ago. Uh, yep. uh, I, think, I think he's always uh, spoken highly of them. In fact, I will be speaking at this one. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Given a history of the Kogo, if I recall. And I will be uh, exhibiting my more, the, es- the more esoteric of my Coco collection will be exhibited there. Awesome. Let's see. That, that's in Richardson, Texas or, or somewhere near there? Yep. This is a, but what I like about this event is that it's at a, uh, at a university. It's at an alumni center. And I've seen pictures of the place. It looks Looks fabulous. Yeah. Davidson Gundy Alumni Center at University of Texas at Dallas. And, and I might add, um, Kevin Phillipson of the Turbo 9 team is also speaking there. Cool. It'd be a cool event. All right, moving on. Let's see, July 22nd to 23rd of 2023. 
We have the classic Game Fest, the biggest retro gaming event in Texas. Well, I don't know much to say about it. I think we talked about this. We had a feedback from Brendan Donahue in an earlier episode. So uh, <laughs> if uh, if if you can't uh, find enough info from the link in the show notes, then uh, you may want to refer to some earlier episodes. Sounds like a cool event. See, it is in Austin, Texas. So check it out. Let's see. I think it was pretty heartily endorsed. It's at the Palmer Event Center in Austin, Texas. July 22nd to 23rd of 2023. All right, and that brings us to the last one on the list, July 28th to the 30th, 2023, the Southern Fried Gaming Expo, held in Atlanta, Georgia, at the Marriott Renaissance Waverly. Southern Fried Gaming Expo features more than 300 arcade and pinball machines, dozens of new and retro console systems, a massive tabletop library, RPGs, wrestling, music tournaments, a vendor expo, exciting panel sessions, guest speakers, and so much more. Yeah, I'm not really sure if the wrestling is supposed to involve attendees or, uh, you know, <laughs> some sort of exhibition. But I don't be remember cool... seeing any jello when we were there. Yeah, <laughs> should be a cool spectacle. Check it out. All right. Well, that uh, is the, list, the end of our announcements. So uh, why don't we... Uh, Take another short break, and then we'll be back with some news. The dragon is back with 64K. Hey, Data Limited is proud to present the new Dragon 64. It has twice the memory of the Dragon 32, featuring a real serial communications port. Get your Dragon 64 today. Dragon's back. Dragon Data Limited. Good morning, Unit 6213-4D67. Good morning, 5B6. It is a Saturday. What are your plans for the day? I thought I would first enjoy an energy recharge, then review the newest Sony Conductor catalog. You can't be serious. I am only joking. We will do what we do every day. Kill all humanoids. Kill all humanoids. Get that humanoid. He must not escape. Android attack from Spectral Associates. You're trapped in a maze surrounded by mechanical enemies. Can you find your way out before the androids eliminate you? humanoids. 32K required. All right, Coca Cruisers. Welcome back. It's time for some news. Let's see. The first item I've got on the list here comes from, uh, might be Jan or might be Jan Kowalski, which I assume is a different person than our own John Kowalski. Similar name, but, uh, you know. Who knows, maybe it's the same person, but <laughs> the profile pic is a Sonic the Hedgehog, so uh, probably somebody different. Anyway, uh, let's see, he says, uh, hi, uh, this probably doesn't feel, fit well in any Facebook group, but uh, I'll share about this uh, this video about a simple DIY console, do-it-yourself game console, self-assembly of a simple console with a legendary microcontroller. 
What a fun. The MCS 51 family chips are used in billions of different devices around the world. It's possible just to use such a famous microprocessor and install it in a game call, game console instead of an airbag in a car. And assemble and assemble at home. Yes. A short reportage. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so you link to, uh, ultimately there's a link there to a YouTube video. Pretty self-explanatory from that description, I think. Uh, but basically he uses a, a 8051 microcontroller, teaches it how to produce video, looks it up as a game console. Thought it might be interesting to the kind of people who like this sort of sh- this uh, show. So uh, <laughs> check it out. Tell us what you think. Okay, this one's from John Zizolfo. There's yet another in my continuing series of modern PC files to use for your Cocoa. This time around, text screen worksheets. So if you remember, the uh, there were a few pages in the back of the uh, going ahead with extended color basic or getting started with extended or getting started with color basic. Well, I think he's basically got a uh, sort of a reproduction of those as a, as a XLSX file, which I guess is what uh, Microsoft Excel's format. So uh, I think you can upload that to uh, to Google Sheets probably as well. Updated version, yet another in my continuing series. Um, Tend to print these in the back of the manuals, but throwing a giant book on a copy machine is so 1985. This is an Excel sheet with all four Cocoa 3 text screen layouts. 32 by 16 text, 64 by 32 low-res graphics, 40 by 24 high-res text, and 80 by 24 high-res text. If you're using Cocoa 1 or 2, then you only need the 32 and 64 sheets. After each sheet has the width command at the top of to remind you how to get there. So, anyway, if you're looking for a programmer's aid related to uh, using your Cocoa graphics, you might want to try these spreadsheets, printing them out, and uh, see what you get you. Let's see, moving on, we have a, a link from uh, Make Magazine, or Make's website at least, by uh, Caleb Craft, was the author. Title is a performer brain transplant on a CNC to add custom sounds. So, um, those of you that need a reminder, the CNC is a child or maybe toddler's toy with a big arrow <laughs> and, a, and a, a pull string. Pull the string, the arrow spins, and kind of like a spin the ball, spin the bottle <laughs> sort of fashion. And uh, yeah. when it stops, it points at uh, a picture like a dog barking. And it'll say, you know, the dog says woof woof or something like that. I haven't seen one of those in a long time. Well, yeah, so you hack cool some, create some custom sounds. So uh, if you have one, you could probably find one uh, with a, a little uh, a round of thrift, thrift store shopping. And uh, you can uh, make your own custom uh, toy and uh, amaze your friends. So pretty cool. Check it out. All right, so the the, the name uh, pronunciation, I'm not sure. It looks like Fred Reich. <laughs> I don't know if that's supposed to be a play on like Frederick or if his name is actually Fred Rike or Reek. Um, so, Fred, if you're listening, let us know how we say your name. Anyway, the headline dropping by just to let you know that I've updated Basic Dignified. For the ones who can't remember a thing from last week, Basic Dignified is a tool to help with write basic programs on a modern environment with modern language paradigms. Now supports Visual Studio Code as well as Sublime Text. 
but it's very welcoming if you just want to notepad the code and command line the thing. So a couple of uh, links there in the uh, Facebook post that's interesting to you if you want a way to uh, write code, basic code for your Cocoa, but maybe with a little more modern style, then uh, try it out. And it looks like it'd be helpful. All right, the next news item is XE Basic Cross Compiler for C64. A quick look by 8-Bit Show and Tell 2 at YouTube. This is about a 22-minute video of uh, this individual demonstrating a cross compiler, basic cross compiler, speaking of basic, for the Commodore 64. It looks like he does an example basic program, goes through the motions of explaining, he goes to the website for XC Basic, explains the syntax, and then does a quick program, I believe Fibonacci or something like that, and runs it, and then uh, goes and explains some more things about the basic command reference. Uh, not a Commodore 64 guy, but I do like the concept of a basic compiler. Cool tool. Need one for the Cocoa. <laughs> Next news item is, I did enough with that Interface Age Magazine Prime benchmark that I wrote it up by Mr. James Jones, my old friend. James made a post on Facebook talking about a, um, a project that he did with trial division looking at an old benchmark and as you know or may not know but uh, should know uh, one of James's uh, activities is to write code in basic 09 compared to basic or color basic in terms of speed analyze it optimize it try to make it run faster he does a great write-up here I read it great stuff very fun even gets into a few math proofs for uh, us math weenies Thanks, James. Good stuff. The next news item is Joysticks Do CP400 by Mauricio Matei. This is a post on Facebook on a group called Clube Color Brasil. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing it right. <laughs> and the post is in uh, Portuguese, Portuguese, and it's talking about this cool joystick on the CP400. In fact, I think I saw one at Coco Fest. I saw a CP400 and I saw one of these joysticks. Do you recall that, JL? There was. Yeah, I think those were probably original ones. And he's got here sort of uh, a custom reproduction or something like that. Okay, so this is a reproduction, yeah. Yes. If it is, this is pretty good. It looks looks pretty nice. Yeah. It has rubber uh, gasket around the joystick. It looks good. I'm, I'm always... In, fascinated by these different joystick designs like you know as though the brazilians have different hands than we do like <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know it, it's if you you compare these to the black beauties they're very different in terms of where the buttons are i guess it's a design choice you know yeah yeah well i mean like i said back then those things weren't quite as established and people kind of had to invent things their own way and yeah yeah very cool and obviously it, it has it mimics the spirit and the design of the original. The next news item is Ultra Compact Minimalistic 69 Computer Version 2 by Andreas Jacob at OSHW Lab. Uh, this is a near and dear to my heart project. I saw this before. I don't know if we had talked about it maybe on a previous show. Maybe we did, but it is, it's a cool little square PCB board with a 6809 and a ROM. And... <laughs> the support chips are obviously very uh, surface mount. 
uh, surface mount chips, but the uh, looks like maybe the 6850, I see a 6850, some other chips, 6809 on the other side. Just a real cool little project. I mean, this is the 6809 at, at, its, at its smallest, if you will, in terms of uh, board size that I've ever seen. So nice work. Yeah, pretty cool. All right, our next three links are from Alan Huffman. Uh, he's, uh, this is kind of an example of the completion backward principle. Uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, he's talking about Alex Evans' basic utils change everything. And this is in three parts, and he doesn't really address the actual utilities or talk about Alex until part three. But uh, as with all of Alan's articles, it's a chock full of good information. And there's the, uh, the payoff there. Alex Evans has created some Python utilities that allow you uh, tokenize, detokenize, pack and unpack, renumber, some other utilities uh, that make it handy for working with uh, basic code on a, a modern computer system. So, uh, yeah, even if you have, you know, something as uh, Raspberry Pi or something that would all work well for that uh, application. So. Yep, another good set of articles uh, from Alan. Thanks for that, Alan. And our next one is from Paul Shoemaker. It is Cocoa Ladder. And this is a game program that you can download. Uh, this is an adaptation of a CPM game, Yahoo Software. So it uh, mostly uses uh, text, but uh, an arrow uh, keys for arrow keys, the uh, AWD and S keys. Yeah, it looks like a a good adaptation of it on the Makoko. Uh, so check it out. Another cool one from Mr. Shoemaker. Yeah, he always does good work. Absolutely. Since 1994, Cloud9 has been making cool stuff for your color computer. Like the Cloud9 Mini Flash, a flash cartridge for your color computer or Dragon. The Mini Flash gives you a total of four 16K banks of flash memory. You can easily flash ROM images into any of the four 16K banks. Store your favorite DOS ROMs and game packs on the Mini Flash. And the Mini Flash is perfect for prototyping your own ROMs without the need for an EEPROM burner. The Mini Flash comes with flash programming software and test utilities. It's preloaded with HDB DOS for DriveWire and two games from Retro Tinker, Coco Dooku and Follow Coco. So you can use the Mini Flash immediately. The Cloud9 Mini Flash works on all color computer and Dragon models and is housed in a high-quality injection molded cartridge case. The Mini Flash, only from Cloud9. Cool stuff for your color computer. Visit cloud9tech.com for details. Hi, I'm really enjoying playing games at the arcade. I was wondering if you had any arcade-style game controllers for the color computer. Well, we do sell joysticks for the Coco. Can you describe them? Well, they're plastic, fit in the palm of your hand. They have a plastic joystick, and there's a small push button on the side. Do they have spring return? Well, we also sell the deluxe joystick. It has spring return. What's it like? Well, they're plastic, fit in the palm of your hand. They have a plastic joystick, and there's a little push button on the side and one on the top. Uh, but we do sell some other brands, too. What are they like? Well, they're plastic, fit in the palm of your hand. They have plastic joystick, and there's a little push buttons on the side. Why play games with fragile, outdated plastic controllers? Move up to professional arcade quality with the Gamester. The Gamester is the ultimate two-button joystick controller for your color computer, Dragon, or Tandy 1000. 
It features a genuine arcade quality joystick with two large arcade quality cherry switch buttons on a single surface. It sits comfortably on your lap or on your desk. Select custom furniture quality paint or stain finishes. Choose a right or left-handed configuration. And now you have the option of light up LED buttons. Find out why so many others are delighted with The Gamester. To build yours, simply reach out to Neil Blanchard by email. Neil at CocoCrew.org. That's N-E-I-L at C-O-C-O-C-R-E-W dot org. For true arcade action, it's The Gamester. Our next one is from uh, Stiran Anscombe, XROAR Experimental CVB Branch. He's been working on a branch of XROAR. If uh, XROAR is a go uh, emulator, if you're not familiar with it, uh, it's one we fans of here. He's working uh, a branch with better composite video processing. So he's hoping yeah. to provide some uh, controls to give us better composite colors uh, for XROAR. Yeah. Karen does really uh, exhaustive work on this kind of stuff. Yeah, very cool. Especially but... considering he's a, he's a Brit. Yeah. <laughs> 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 kind of a new thing for him, I guess. <laughs> Great to see uh, development. All right, our next one is from Tim Hunkin at <laughs> YouTube. The Secret Life of Components Series 3. <laughs> Tim is uh, pretty well known, I think, as a UK broadcaster that does some documentary stuff. And he was part of a, a documentary that, uh, that used to run on the uh, maybe Discovery that, uh, that that was called The Secret Life of Machines. And so it had kind of a, uh, a humorous but, you know, historical look at uh, some basic machines like, um, well, I mean, one was the television, uh, one was uh, – like punch cards, I think, and, uh, you know, a few other, uh, ones where it went pretty far into the detail with some, you know, breaking down the technology and, and, um, doing some pr- practical demonstrations with the stuff from the junkyard. <laughs> and so, uh, I think this is a similar style here where he's talking about, um, electronic components. So, uh, probably worth a watch. Yeah, definitely. It looks like there's, uh, several. In the series, and they're they're all pretty much close to an hour long. Yeah. Pretty cool. Very. The next news item is SCSI, the disc bus for everything by Al Williams and Hackaday. A write up on Hackaday of a YouTube video talks about how SCSI was the USB of the 1980s, and I've never really thought of SCSI in that sense, but that's that's pretty apropos, I think. I miss yeah. SCSI. I, I, I had SCSI on my Coco. It was a very versatile bus system. Um, you could put scanners, hard drives, uh, probably other things if you, you know, looked hard enough. And uh, Flop, floppies. Yeah. yeah, that's right. CDs. Uh, right, yeah. everything was on SCSI exactly right. back in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. very nice. Uh, I haven't watched the video, but I bet it's fantastic. The next news item is my Motorola 1603-6303 single board computer project by Bojan Kotnik. This is a Facebook page on the Motorola 6809-6309-1600 assembly language programming group. Looks like he made a single board computer with a little LED uh, with a 6803. Uh, is the 6803 in the MC10? Yes. Yeah, well, there you go. MC10-like computer. I like it. Yeah, pretty neat. 
The next news item is interesting. I found uh, this to be quite nice. Circuitry to change the 6847's colors by Emerson Costa. So this gentleman has a little write-up about, um, I guess, more like a question than actual doing it. Would it be possible to devise a circuitry around uh, the 6847 to detect uh, voltage combinations corresponding to specific colors and then substitute them for other voltage combinations, combinations thus generating other colors? And he puts a picture uh, to kind of demonstrate what the concept would be. I think it's intriguing. And, John, you've worked a lot with the 6847. What are your thoughts on this? Um, well, I definitely think it, is, it should be possible and make sense. And, and um, I'm pretty sure there there was at least a color board for um, the Acorn Atom using 6847 that, that could do some of that um, uh, for um, – uh, I forget. It seemed like there was some reason that uh, one of the one or another of the colors didn't naturally work very well, but people yep. used a board like that to change them around. Nice. Basically, the sixty-eight forty-seven, the color signals. Like you said they're, they're essentially discrete voltages um, with certain levels that you can detect, and then uh, then map them through the logic circuit to uh, you know another set of discrete levels and. Uh, so you could spoof that out. So like a color conversion table at the voltage level or something. Exactly. Yeah. I agreed with the comment that, uh, you know, that the example of Puyan was perfect. That's yeah, kind of I didn't like Puyan. <laughs> Get rid of that pink background. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Too pink for me. <laughs> okay, the next news item is um, AI writes program in the most difficult programming language in the world, Assembler plus, plus Chat GPT by Grand IT Guy and actually at YouTube.com. And this is a 16-minute video, and I skimmed through it, and this gentleman appears to be trying to use Chat GPT to build an assembly language program. Looks like assembly language is a 6502 assembly. I see a mention of Atari 800 or Commodore 64. I don't know how far he got. What happened? Yeah. Uh, what do you think, John? Well, I mean, knowing that uh, this, those kind of programs are, are built around the notion of processing a lot of, of text files and, and kind of, you know, somehow gaining some understanding based on uh, basically based on reading a bunch of stuff. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so it's cool that people are trying to, to use that to do you know, well, some people think that, you know, chat GPT is somehow going to replace uh, some huge percentage of uh, programming professionals. And I really don't think that's too likely. But um, there aren't a lot of uh, assembler uh, programmers anyway. So uh, maybe there's some limited potential for it to replace uh, some 6502 programmers. I don't know. Um, <laughs> But uh, I thought it was interesting to see somebody try to go through the process of doing that. And yeah. so, and if you're interested in Chat GPT, maybe this is something that feeds your your passion. So the next link is uh, it's from uh, from Hackaday. The author is Jenny List, and it's about uh, converting an old television over to RGB inputs. This is something that's possible and. Uh, I've heard tell that there were some old arcade games that essentially did this using a basically off-the-shelf uh, televisions. I'm not sure how many there were because I know most of them used purpose-built monitors, but 
Um, there may have been some. Certainly the technique exists. And so if you have an old TV that, uh, but you want to use it as an RGB monitor, you might look at this as a project. And if you do open up the back of your TV, please be careful and observe all safety protocols because it will kick you hard. Anyway, if you're just interested in technology, take a look at the article. Maybe it makes sense to you. Maybe it inspires a project. Who knows? Good luck. Speaking of interesting projects, printing real headline news on the Commodore 64 with the newsroom's wire service from old vintage computing research. They've uh, apparently tapped into a, a modern news resource, done some kind of processing on it so that you can then uh, display the uh, current news stories um, on your Commodore 64. And you, as I'm known for saying, uh, it's not a Cocoa project, but seems like it could be. So, uh, you know, maybe somebody can take some inspiration from this and uh, give us a, a Cocoa that'll tell us what's happening in the world. That'd be pretty cool. So we've got a link from uh, Jim Mullis. I just wanted to, to periodically show my project on the Cocoa 3 arcade game that I'm working on if anyone is interested. It says it's going to be in the style of Kung Fu Dude or uh, TMNT Arcade, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Arcade, Double Dragon, Captain America and the Adventures, Bad Dude, To Be Ninja, etc. says he's using a Basic plus Graphics Press. Did a little demo how the side-scrolling would work with a very simple background. Click the config settings in VCC to show that I didn't have to do any overclocking. <laughs> so that's cool. If you're going to test on an emulator, it's probably a good idea to make sure you're not uh, not using, not cheating with an emulator that runs too fast. So, but pretty cool. He's working on uh, his game and has written something up about it. So uh, you may want to follow the link there and uh, check out what he's doing. The graphics look nice on that one. Yeah, pretty cool. Meet Dr. Bjorn Vittore, one of 3,300 scientists who work on ATLAS, analyzing data from the Large Hadron Collider. We are truly on the brink of discovering the elusive God particle, the particle that gives all other particles mass. When Dr. Vittori needs to crunch numbers quickly, there's only one tool he turns to. I first encountered Dynacogs when I was at Fermilab in 1984. Our primary field was a Hazelwood Helix running OS9. It looked like a giant power supply with a small 6809 board attached. But the operating system was very ahead of its time, very powerful. We were provided load versus displacement data and used the Dynacount to determine hysteresis at different positions of coil actuators. Dynacalc handles the calculations where the previous Apple II running VisiCalc simply lacked memory to complete the task. Dynacalc is easy to use, easy to afford, yet sophisticated enough to meet the most demanding requirements. I still keep a Coco 3 in my office with Dynacalc, just a press of the clear key away. It's an invaluable tool that allows me to enter data and equations quickly. Whether you're performing basic accounting, solving engineering problems, or even searching for the Higgs boson, Dynacalc is up to the task. Dynacalc allows me to perform complex work in a straightforward manner. I wouldn't use any other spreadsheet. Powerful, simple, Dynacalc. 
Welcome to Computers or Us. How can I help you? I'm looking for a color computer. Ah, here's what you want. This is kind of like a color computer. It has color and sound. Oh, and look at these big fat function keys. Well, I was looking more for... Well, we're running a special on serial diskette drives. It can load games in just 90 seconds. No, I'm, I'm really looking for a Tandy color computer. Oh, oh, this is kind of like a color computer. The keyboard is a little smaller, but it can sound just like a C and say. Do you service what you sell? Kinda. We have a 1-800 number. Thanks, but I'm heading to Radio Shack. Service. Support. Technology. Tandy is clearly superior. Don't settle for kinda. Genuine Tandy computers and peripherals are available exclusively at Radio Shack and Radio Shack Computer Centers. Compare. You too will immediately recognize Tandy technology, service, and support are clearly superior. So moving on, we've got a, a few uh, developments by, of course, Mr. Jim Geary. First link says, uh, I've ported a, a classic creative computing game of Cribbage. I can't get anyone in my family who knows how to play it to play it for me. <laughs> so uh, basically he's uh, asking for Cribbage players to kind of give it a try and uh, see, uh, see how he's doing, I guess. So uh, if you know how to play Cribbage, you, know, you may want to get out your MC10 and uh, check out this this program of gems and see if it plays a good game. Uh, let's see, also included, we've got uh, uh, Jim Gary's uh, Citadel, The Shield of Orion, uh, for, which uh, I guess was originally by Pierre Aure, 1984. Looks like uh, maybe a little adventure game. And uh, we've got uh, Manticore, originally by John Bradbury. 1980, originally for the pet, brewed to the MC-10. Looks like sort of a text adventure. And uh, let's see, we've also got uh, the Even Steven, uh, originally by Paul Reuterman, in 1985. So, something for everyone. Uh, thank you, Jim. Very cool that you're keeping the MC-10 alive. I have to say, Jim, he's uh, knocking them out every month. Every month. All right, moving on here. Um, next news article is from Python Land. Nine programming life lessons you must experience yourself to truly understand. Somewhat tongue-in-cheek. It's a, an entertaining read. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, voodoo coding. Code never lies. <laughs> Comments sometimes do. <laughs> right, exactly. Kind of humor definitely. Yeah. Definitely see that. All right, the next one we have is a YouTube video from Lacoco. Strangiato. This is a cool video. Uh, SCART and the color computer, or how not to make a cable. This is a uh, in-depth video. Get your Coco 3 and RGB composite video into a modern display. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it seems like a reasonable project. If you want practical, uh, we already have a, a couple of vendors in the community that can make cables for you that, that I'm sure work first time out of the box. <laughs> so... Your mileage may vary with whatever instructions are provided there. Yeah, always uh, good to have different options, right? Yep. Yeah, how do we end up with, like, the worst kind of connectors to work with? DIMs, <laughs> S-cards. <Yeah>. I know. <laughs> I've often wondered that, actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's funny. All right, uh, next, uh, next one up here is from Antonio Caballero. This is a really cool... He's he's taken on uh, trying to run Max 10, which is uh, one of my favorite word processors actually on the Coco 3, 
Uh, and he's trying to run it on different emulators. And basically, uh, it's a three-parter. And on the third part, uh, MAME wins out. So he's tried it on uh, XROAR and uh, MAME. It looks like XROAR, he shows it works, but it, the high-res adapter doesn't doesn't support. So I don't know, is that is that implemented in uh, XROAR, John? I thought that was. Honestly, I don't know. Okay. Well, either way... It might be the TV here. versus the uh, colorware one. That might be the issue. Oh, yeah, you know, that's true. Yeah. You know, and also something you'd have to keep in mind, too, with Max 10 is... Um, didn't that use the clicker for uh, copyright, copy protection? It did. There's versions that they've hacked. Uh, there's even versions that will use the Tandy iRes as well. So okay. I, I think they're both out there on Color Computer Archive. You can probably find them. So you might even be able to find a combination that works on XROAR, but I can't say that I've tried Max 10 on that. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it all depends what version he's using, but well, that's really cool, though, to see. I've always liked Max 10, so... Yeah, it looks sharp on the emulators. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, moving on here, uh, we have a YouTube video from uh, Davies Retro Corner. Uh, this is a uh, Tandy MC10 type-in game. It's a breakthrough-style game. That looks pretty neat. If you got your MC10 hooked up, you can uh, try this one out. All right, uh, moving on here, we have one from uh, Richard Kelly. Uh, he's He's been in the community for a long time. He's got a one-liner bouncing dot demo. So this is version two. This is enhanced. Uh, he said it's bigger than the original, but it's faster. It's, uh, it's on the Facebook group if you want to check that out. You can see a demo of it. He's got a video. Looks pretty cool. Nice to see Richard still doing stuff. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, next one here is from uh, Ken Sheriff. The Intel 8086, 1978. That's a good year, by the way. <laughs> was one of the first with division. Let's look at how it implemented division and why division is so hard. I, I don't know that everyone understands how division is done in binary, you know, and, and why it was kind of a difficult thing for computers or a difficult thing to implement in hardware initially. So uh, I thought it'd be a good discussion for people to read. Yeah. And is that on this uh, photo here? Is that the inside of this processor? Uh, I would assume so. That's the kind of thing that Ken tends to do. Yeah, it looks, really it looks like he's analyzing the microcode, and he's actually pointing out on the actual processor where it was implemented, looking at the uh, the traces and so forth, and the transistors. That's awesome. Yeah, this is a Twitter thread, too, of all places. Yeah. That's cool. That's a reason right there to use Twitter. Oh, there you go. The next one uh, up is from Mike Carey, The Origins and Development of All Dream. All Dream was a, an assembler package um, for, uh, you know, I guess for the Dragon. You know, kind of a, similar to, say, Ed Tasm. Uh, I can't remember if that's the one that integrated more with BASIC or not, uh, but definitely something that was popular on the Dragon pro, uh, platform, so uh, I thought it might be interesting to Dragon users. Oh, that's cool. So that so that's like their Edtasm. It's similar, yeah. Awesome. All right, moving on, we have a continuation from Alan Huffman. Write basic, easier with Alex Evans, Python scripts. So this is uh, earlier what Mike was mentioning in his new section. 
It is, but it's different than what's in the other three parts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It shows here. Uh, yeah, these Python scripts can run on any system that has Python. And Alan's used these under Windows 11 and Mac OS. Yeah, that's great work. Great work, Alan. Our next one is from RetroWDW at YouTube. Restored film, Epcot Educational Media, Living with Computers. It's a, a fun one if you haven't run across it in the past. This was produced by Disney, and you'll see a, uh, a nice Coco One featured as the star of this uh, video. So, <laughs> yeah. Check it out. Leave it to, leave it to Alan to dig up that uh, <laughs> reference. I like, I like how that video starts off with the Coco One and ends with the Coco One. Absolutely. <laughs> Here's another one uh, that's good that I like. It's from Simon Wynn Consulting. It's the Flex Software Arc. Got disk images and documentation, PDFs, links to, uh, if you're not familiar with Flex, Flex was an operating system developed for the uh, 6800 originally and supported the 6809, I think later even the 68000. But it's, it's, just, it's a very CPM-like uh, operating system. There's plenty of code available that will run all our computers. So if you're curious about Flex and have... Uh, had the opportunity. Here's a good starting off point for you to uh, get into it. Yeah, I thought it was a, a decent reference. Uh, I don't know if there's any Cocoa disk images in there, but uh, you know, probably some stuff that could run on the Cocoa if you uh, if you fill in the extra parts. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think uh, Flex code is out on the Color Computer Archive. All right, our next one is from Parasurat. You will find 13 games from Inufuto in individual virtual files and links shown below. So, um, yeah, this is nice. There's a, a big collection of games. Uh, if you follow the, uh, particularly the second link, you'll see a long list of games and there's uh, screenshots of each of the games. So you kind of get a feel immediately of what the, the game is about. Very nice work, very, very good. Yeah, very cool. Per does a good job of uh, making uh making such things available to a broader audience. <laughs> Indeed. All right, and our final link, news link this month is, I will check, but I believe Coco Fest 31 broke attendance records with 130 plus attendees. So had a good turnout at uh, Coco Fest this year, and uh, it's good to see. I think uh, in general, we've been finding bigger turnouts this year pent-up demand from <laughs> during the COVID period. Um, yeah, no doubt. But, but uh, yeah, definitely good to see more people getting out and attending the shows, and uh, I think that'll continue and hoping for the same at uh, TND Assembly this fall. So, Yeah, let's hope so. All right. Well, that, uh, that touches on something I think we're going to talk about a little bit later, but... Uh, We'll uh, leave it there for now, and uh, that's the end of our news. So thanks for listening so far, and uh, please uh, stay tuned, and then uh, we'll be back with uh, the rest of the show. Kenton Electronics provides real interfaces for your color computer. Our SCSI interface is compatible with LR Tech, OWL DOS, RGB DOS, HDOS, and OS9, and features a 28-pin ROM socket. Just $89 or $119 with real-time clock. 
Add real RS-232 serial ports to your Coco with the Kenton Dual Com Board, featuring two 6551 ACIAs, two independent RS-232 channels, jumper selectable for up to four channels with a second board, and a 28-pin ROM socket. Ultra-low power draw, and it's a great replacement for the Radio Shack RS-232 pack. Single port, just $74. Dual port, $89. All of Kenton's products are mil-spec quality and carry a 90-day warranty. Both the Dual Com Board and SCSI interface work directly with the Y-Cable or Multipack interface. And Kenton products are all made right here in the USA. Kenton Electronics, Tonawanda, New York. Multiple office structure fire. Engine three, engine three. We interrupt our normal programming to bring you a News 5 exclusive. Several buildings have been taken by mass gunmen. About 30 minutes ago, we began smelling absolute smoke, and it's believed that they are setting buildings on fire. We've been hearing gunfire, and we believe they are targeting first responders. Let's go! Firecopter 2-0, supporting direct. 2-0, engaging the first fire. This is a real fireball here. There appears to be somebody on the roof. They're shooting at us. Engaging hostile gunmen. Firecopter. From Adventure International. Rated E for everyone. All right, Coco Cruisers. We're back. We're going to have a kind of a, a host discussion, or in place of a host discussion, uh, maybe a little bit of a recap or a commentary, perhaps. Um, uh, Coco Fest just happened. Coco Fest 2023. I think. Uh, I think Glenside's calling it Coco Fest 31. Um, I have a, maybe I'm weird, but, uh, you know, we skipped a couple of years. Uh, so, um, I have trouble just jumping straight in with the exact same numbering. But anyway, um, you know, 30, 31 years, I guess, since the original. So, uh, pretty cool event. Uh, certainly Coco Fest originally is uh, what brought this whole group together. Used to be, uh, kind of a Cocoa Fest and Glenside were central to, uh, maintaining the cohesion of the Cocoa community and, uh, worldwide, uh, along with the mailing list. Uh, um, but, uh, anyway, so the event continues. Boise and I, uh, had, um, the previous year had kind of a bad experience with the venue. I'm happy to say that this year the venue was perfect. I mean, they were great, uh, clean, friendly, well laid out, convenient access to everything. The room was uh, a little bit smaller than what we've been doing, but big enough, I think. Um, the auction room was maybe a little tight in the presentations, uh, but, uh, you know, I didn't see anybody not able to get in, so uh must have been good enough. <laughs> So Mike didn't join us, but uh, Neil was there. First time in the U.S. in four years, something like that. Well, I felt um, good. Yeah, it was great to see you, that's for sure. You too. Of course, Boise was there. I gave my little initial recap. What do you guys think? Did, did you have a good time? I had a great time. <laughs> but I think also, I mean, uh, because I haven't been in so long, just seeing all of you, I mean, that – that was it for me. I mean, so even if the fest, uh, you know, was terrible, I still had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
definitely a highlight for me seeing Neil, seeing Boise, seeing uh, some various uh, friends uh, that you know within the community, the people that don't see that much. Uh, Jim O'Keefe, great friend, great guy. Saw uh, Wally Grossman, another good guy. Uh, I mean, I saw a variety of people, of course. And as as uh, Jim's uh, post indicated, there was a massive attendance. Um, many friendly faces. Can't uh, necessarily name them all. Don't mean to slight anyone. If I did, please, uh, you know, give me some feedback and let me know I've missed you. Brendan Donahue and uh, uh, his daughter Morgan were always great to see. Mark Marlette. Uh, obviously, Mark Marlette. And uh, Sandy, uh, Sandy's last name Weimer, is that right? Or Weimer? I'm not anyway. exactly sure the pronunciation, but yeah. yeah so Sandy, you probably won't hear this anyway, but <laughs> it's always good to see Sandy. <laughs> um, the remainder of uh, some of the Glenside uh, uh, old folks <laughs> still, uh, still, still making it through. So still good to see them. And that's kind of what Coco Fest is in some ways. Is a, a sort of a, a retro family reunion. So there were some cool projects. Standout would probably be the kid that uh, had uh, him and his father hooked up. Uh, was it from Ryobi? I don't know. The, the battery yeah. packs from uh, from uh, yep. handheld tools. And they even built a mount that you could just plug them right into a cocoa <laughs> and operate your cocoa remotely. Pretty cool. The kid was, uh, you know, a, a future presenter of some sort, no doubt. Definitely well poised and well spoken, and uh, and very excited about his project. That was cool to see. Um, That's cool. I certainly enjoyed talking to everyone. I actually got to talk to Taylor and Amy. I got to talk to uh, AJ, which is Tim Linder's sister. Boat and Aaron, I met those guys. Brian Weasler had an interesting exhibit. He took his uh, Coco 2 kit out and put it under, a, I guess, a plexiglass big container showing the different parts. That was interesting. A nice exhibit. Cool. There were, um, thinking about who else was there. Of course, the Porta Coco, John, that you mentioned, with portable Coco running off of a right with battery. Brendan and Morgan and Brendan's work on the MC10. I think he was working on a keyboard interface for the MC10. Yeah. Um, there was, of course, <laughs> we cannot forget our friend Carl Sefkick and his Bargeman Research Lab table. Very <laughs> classic mix of materials. Yeah. Uh, so the, I went to a couple of uh, presentations. Uh, they were the EOU presentation uh, that Ken and uh, Curtis did. And uh, I missed the keynote that was by Franklin Ayers. But that was a new. Uh, person there, Retro Rewind, I think. Um, met some other people on the show floor uh, that, I, that I had never talked to before. Uh, Antonio Caballero, yeah, there. very nice gentleman. Antonio Caballero, definitely a nice guy. Yes, and um, enjoyed meeting him. Well, we were friends on Facebook, but I don't think he recognized me until I told him my name. I find a few people like that. They don't know me by face, but they know me by name. So. Yeah. Uh, introduced myself to him and some others um uh there were a couple of more people that escaped me but you know took the time to really talk to and get to know and uh, oh there was also bob emery from la coco estrangiado i think is uh, his uh his handle if you will he's out yep. of tech 
of course, Mark Overhoser was there, some other people. It was a good, it was a fun fest, man. It was, you know, I had a great time. I really liked the venue, especially hotel rooms were much better. Uh, the, the burger theory was nice yeah. the, the, uh, in hotel restaurant and accessibility to other eating places was awesome. And I have to yeah. say my, my favorite meal was Sunday night when Jim O'Keefe, Wally Grossman, John, you and your wife were there, Chris. We went to that pizza place and we had that deep dish pizza. It was unbelievable. Yeah, the the, the general location, which was um, uh, certainly a lot more accessible to to things than uh, last year's location, which was definitely had a much more industrial feel to the area. Probably technically just down the road, but a ways down the road. Um, and as far as down the road goes, actually not too far down the road from the, the, the previous Lombard location. And yet still, at Lombard, I almost felt like we were on a on a little island or something. You know, the, uh, there was a Jimmy John's across the big highway and uh, you know, uh, a Burger King next door or something. But beyond those, it wasn't a lot of, of uh, uh, opportunities to, to go and get things worth having. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, um, but uh, yeah, there was a lot of eating opportunities and 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 stuff around us, and uh, you know, shopping stuff for the for uh, those that are so inclined that maybe weren't as cocoa interested. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, so that was uh, what uh, Carol Stream is the community, and also uh, basically Wheaton. I think is sort of the same, almost the same area. A nice little suburb in the Chicago area. Very cool. Yeah, no, I agree. The same thing. I mean, that that location is uh, excellent. Hotel is good. You know, the restaurants nearby, everything. It's just uh, it's a great improvement for Cocoa Fest. Yep, very good. We don't have to play uh, Frogger to cross the street to uh, go to Jimmy John's. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, of course, the pageantry of going there a day or two before John and Neil, you know, we went. Galloping ghosts and uh, yeah, heading down to the galloping ghosts is a cool trip. And going to That's Emmett's fun. tavern and you know that kind of stuff. We have our little rituals yeah. kind of building into those times. <laughs> yeah, Emmett's there in in West Dundee is a great place to eat if you ever get a chance. Give it a try. Well, mostly it's a great place to drink beer, but <laughs> That's right. So does that uh, cover it? Uh, any other comments or questions or observations? Come to Cocoa Fest next year. Well, there you go. All right. Well, that probably wraps it up. Thank you for listening so far. You'll probably have, you need to stay tuned for uh, for Neil's uh, final bits uh, for the podcast, and uh, but we'll let you, let you slip into that now. CQ, CQ, amateur radio enthusiasts, turn your color computer into a complete carrier wave Morse code terminal with hardware and software from Mitronics. The KA9FSQCW modem plugs into the ROM pack of your color computer and interfaces to your transceiver. And the KA9FSQ translator software enables you to transmit and receive Morse code at up to 60 words per minute. This fully machine language program features split screen transmit and receive, a 255 character keyboard buffer, and automatic CQ using your own call letters. 
or try the W9AV translator. Transmit from 5 to 50 words per minute and receive at up to 30 words per minute. You also get nine message memories and a CW practice mode. See our newest catalog for pricing on these and other products. Amateur radio solutions for your color computer from Mitronics, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This month in Coco history. Welcome to This Month in Cocoa History, where we explore events in the life of our favorite home computer. I'm Boise Pete, and this month we go back 36 years to 1987 and the Rainbow Fest that took place that year. The event was held at the Hyatt Regency Woodfield in a suburb of Chicago. Sponsored by Fallsoft and the Rainbow Magazine, the event started on the evening of Friday, April 10th, when the doors opened at 7 p.m. Central Time to an overflowing crowd of Cocoa enthusiasts. That evening, and the next two days, would give attendees some great deals on a number of Cocoa products. Saturday morning's community breakfast featured Dr. Martin Goodman as the guest speaker, then the show floor opened to an even larger crowd. Vendors such as DICOM, Speech Systems, Spectrum Projects, Gimmisoft, and Radio Shack were selling various hardware and software products, and Cocoa Cat was roaming the show floor, posing for pictures and performing general feline mischief. OS 9 users had an especially eventful time. The authors of the newly released Rainbow Guide to OS 9 Level 2, Peter Dibble and Dale Puckett, were on hand to sell signed copies of the book. Clearbrook Software Group was demoing its CSG IMS relational database for OS 9. And Frank Hawk Labs was selling their new terminal program for OS 9 called The Wiz. While Rainbow Fest and Fallsoft have been relegated to the annals of Cocoa history, the last annual Chicago Cocoa Fest continues to carry on the yearly tradition. And that's this month in Cocoa History. The amazing ABUS from Alpha Products. ABUS connects your computer to the real world. Simply plug in an ABUS adapter to your color computer, Apple II, TRS-80, or PCXT compatible computer. Then add any combination of ABUS I.O. adapter cards. The ABUS adapter allows the connection of one or two ABUS I.O. adapter cards. Or attach ABUS motherboards that hold up to five ABUS I.O. adapter cards. Interconnect up to five ABUS motherboards for an amazing total of up to 25 ABUS I.O. adapter cards. Use ABUS cards to control, monitor, sense, and automate your world. ABUS I.O. adapter cards are easy to use with any programming language that can read or write to a memory address. From basic, use peek and poke or input and output commands to communicate with ABUS I.O. adapter cards. Each ABUS I.O. adapter card has a unique ABUS address, easily set with onboard jumpers. Mix and match up to 25 ABUS I.O. adapter cards to fit your specific application. Choose from 10 different ABUS I.O. adapter cards. Relay card, read relay card, analog input card, 12-bit analog to digital card, digital input card, 24 line TTL IO card, clock with alarm card, touch tone decoder card, smart stepper controller card, stepper motor driver card, or create your own custom IO adapter using an ABUS prototyping card. The possibilities are endless. The amazing ABUS. From Alpha Products, plug into the future. The ABUS is not a replacement for a multi-pack interface. ABUS cards are shipped with power supply and detailed manuals. Overseas orders at 10%. Welcome back to Neil's Corner on episode 95 of the Coco Crew Podcast. For this month, I want to review a late release Color Computer 1 and 2 game that really pushes the Coco. This game is called Kung Fu Dude and was one of my favorites back in the day. It was coded by Glenn Dahlgren in 1987 and published under Sundog Systems. 
Kung Fu Dude is your typical side-scroller fighting game, similar to Bad Dudes and Ninja Gaiden on game consoles of the same era. It requires a full 64K memory, disk drive, and joystick. If you are living large and own a Coco 3, the game will detect it's running on one and ask you if you'd like to run it at the Coco 3 high speed. This allows double speed for smoother gameplay, such as scrolling and better speech audio quality. Personally, I prefer to play this game on an original Coco 1 or 2. It is slower, frustrating, and very quirky. However, that's what makes it extra fun and gives it character. I love hearing the muffled digitized speech and sound effects. For the gameplay, it's all about timing and not letting too many enemies infiltrate the screen at once. You also have to be strategic about your moves against the enemies. You can kick, punch, jump, and duck. You need to use all of these moves to make your way through different obstacles and complete the levels. At the end of some levels, you will face an end boss. This game is really well made, with excellent graphics, nice choice of colors, and digital sound effects. If you'd like to play this game, you can get a copy of it from the Color Computer Archives website, or if you'd like to own the original, you can purchase a brand new copy of it from eBay. Glenn, the author, is selling a copy of it on his eBay account. I see it listed right now as the time I'm recording this segment. Well, there you have it. Another original classic game you can try on your Coco. Until next month, happy Coco Gaming. New from DICOM, it's Paper Route. Deliver newspapers to your customers, but break their windows or damage their property and lose subscribers. I'm sorry. But earn points for breaking windows and damaging the property of non-subscribers. <laughs> Avoid pedestrians, cars, and maybe even a mad dog. Paper route requires 64K and a joystick. From DICOM. Well, it's that time again. We have reached the end of the podcast. This concludes episode 95. As usual, I'd like to thank our host, John Linville, for procuring all the news articles and providing us with informative tech segments. Mike Rowan, for painstakingly editing the podcast and creating those fun commercials you hear. Boise Pete, our Coco historian. He remembers it, so you don't have to. Last but not least, we appreciate all of you who listen and support us each month. We also look forward to your feedback. Please don't be shy, and feel free to send us your comments and opinions. Until next month, happy cocoing and retro forever. It's a blast from the past. Please listen carefully. Coco. like there's no tomorrow. What is this crazy rock and roll music anyway? It's a blast from the past. Dance, dance, dance.